0: So for, for this quarter's podcast, I thought one of the things we could do, um, like we've done in past quarters, is go through and sort of highlight some of the key themes from the most recent quarterly report, and and kind of and you know have a conversation about some of those themes. And I think you know as much as there's been focus on inflation this year, you know ups and downs in the stock market, what's going on with energy or Russia Ukraine. I think really the biggest story, um, you know, I think that we would all agree on this year is how high interest rates have come and how fast they've risen to these levels. And so it's the scenario that we had talked about, you know, previous years that was always out there as a possibility with, um, you know, we had a record amount of years of very low interest rates at some level that at some point that was going to have to normalize. Um, So maybe just speak to really uh, the uniqueness of this year as it relates to interest rates rising and sort of the, investing implications because of that rise in interest rates. Yeah. On, on a,
1: and looking at it from a pure investment side. And so we would say from this time last year, we wanted to be defensively positioned. We are defensively positioned in bonds. We were potentially positioned in stocks. And this is really what was such an extraordinary year, is that we've had both bonds and stocks going down together at the same time. So, and it, putting this in context is normally for the last 40 years uh, of, of history since the early eighties, when the stock market has had problems, Basically, there's been a flight to bonds and bond market goes up in those cases. And, and the, why you have a balanced portfolio between stocks and bonds is that stocks will go down, down, bonds go up, or bad year in bonds and stocks will go up and they balance each other out. Why this is so extraordinary is that this is the, an interest rate rising and bonds going down, and the stocks went down at the same time. And really what we're talking about, it's a repricing of all asset classes. Real estate is gonna have to come down and and, uh, and so, really, what we've felt is, is is the the air coming out of all this liquidity all at once, and we've really just tried to protect ourselves while it's happening. So, I'll th- so the chart that uh, you found, I'll throw it back to you, saying for, in the quarterly report is a great uh, chart of just showing just how extraordinary this financial event
0: is. Yeah, I think I think the chart um, was something like in the last last I think I think it's either eighty or a hundred years, but you haven't had you haven't had interest rates and go up like this, hence bonds go down like this along with stocks to this degree, I think in that 80 year time horizon. So in an investing lifetime or, you know, anyone investing today has not seen this kind of environment before. I think the other thing too, that's noteworthy, it's it's so interesting thinking to, you know, even where we were a year ago and some of the rhetoric and sort of positioning that both the central bank in Canada and in the U.S. were saying about inflation and, and interest rates. And you know, the idea that even a year ago rates were going to continue to stay low for long and, you know, and all that verbiage and um, what really happened this year, you know, to start the year and then into um, February, March with what was going on with Russia and Ukraine, you know, it's almost like central banks around the world hit the panic button and, you know, collectively we're trying to get off of zero and as high as, pa- as and as fast as possible. It's almost like, you know, a plane plane for takeoff. And you're just, you're pulling up on the throttle, trying to get the plane as high up into the air as possible, because, you know, there's this concern that inflation was, um, you know, persistent and embedded. And, but at the speed at which interest rates have come up, I think, you know, none of us would have said a year ago it was going to happen. But now that we're here at, uh, you know, say 4%, uh, you know, very short-term interest rates in the U.S. are a little bit higher, but um, maybe speak to the idea of, you know, how far along this hiking path are we? How much higher can they go from here? Um, and, you know, I guess also the more economic implications of interest rates being at this level with this level of debt that we have globally, you know, how long can this the, this be sustained um, with interest rates this high?
1: So if prices, right, hitting that directly on it, and I just mentioned that there's a couple other great charts that you that you were then referring to is that 85% of central banks globally are tightening all at the same time. Yeah. We tend to live in our own you know, little, little uh, bubble in, in the world, but this is, a, this is a global phenomenon. And in terms of global bond prices going down, this is easily one of the la- worst years in financial history. And what we're trying to do is have a strategy to get through this mm-hmm. as the clock getting reset. And I think coming back to that, to the chart, which is e- even just notionally saying, if once you've had a really bad year, it tends to be good going forward. And so the, the, the way you're phrasing it is saying, how far through the move are we? If inflation headline inflation is is up now, but it, it's not necessarily the prices are, are coming down. Prices have gone up, but stay up. But that doesn't mean inflation will accelerate from, from this mm-hmm. point of view. Prices will be high, wages go up, but then they'll sort of stay at the higher level. But then CPI, the actual year on year change of CPI, will be down, in which case, you could, if, if bonds were, we were going from a very low bond interest rate and, and we're up to sort of three and a half in Canada and sort of a little bit higher in the U S four. Mm-hmm. And maybe if it's somewhere where in the U S we would get to 5%, that means that 80% of the move is done. And for ourselves as investors, anytime that 80% of something is done, you're not waiting for the last to hit the, it'd be great to say, this is the day, this is the low, but you never know you actually sort of have to start, start positioning yourself in a much more positive frame. So this mm-hmm. is today's uh, you know, conversation. We really want to hit that of, of sort of saying in the bonds itself, at this level, we can actually build a bond portfolio that gives us a decent rate of return yeah. for the first time in easily five or six years that yeah. we've been able to do. No,
0: that. and it also, this also speaks to the topic where you know interest rates being as low as they were, um, it, it in many ways creates just as many problems as well for for both bond investing it makes you know certain segments of the equity market um, you know extremely overpriced and it, it sort of creates its own investing dilemma as it is with interest rates when they're zero or, or close to zero and so now that it's the process of coming up that has been disruptive so far this year but I think now that we're closer to being at a level that is more normal, you know i think both on the bond side and then also on the equity side i think you know it's it's time to be much more optimistic than it would have been a year ago because the path for interest rates was so uncertain and i think that's one of the things that we really wanted to highlight in the quarterly letter as it relates to the equity portfolio of just saying you know we know the market's down we know um you know sentiment is really low um, we know that there's concerns about a recession uh, whether or not we're going to have one next year but at the same time the stock market is down now, already reflecting all of that information, and so this has definitely been, you know, the longest, um, slowest decline that we've had now in, you know, well over a decade. But as an equity investor, you know, it's actually a time to be excited and looking for opportunities because, you know, everyone else is now, you know, worried or concerned, and I think that's one thing that really, you know, by the middle of this year, it became evident that, you know, there are a lot of opportunities out there on the equity side, and. It's just a matter of being patient and waiting you know as we go but maybe speak to that too that that idea of you know uh opportunities heading into 2023 you know i think there's also this topic that maybe you want to highlight of you know we're not not necessarily sure that the market hit is at a low or is at a bottom like we could be we could still head lower from here but at the same time there are lots of segments of the market that are already really attractive and that's kind of where we're devoting our attention to.
1: Yeah. So and, and when we have the investment meeting and we're trying to pick apart our, our time horizons and just and again in, in simple summary, we've already said that okay, the interest rates are at a level we can actually build a bond portfolio. So put that in that category. The stock portfolio, which has always had much more moving parts to it, bigger picture longer term, that stock this is always the irony of stock market investing, is if prices are lower. That's much better for us as longer term investors because mm. we're constantly buying, constantly redeploying money, and we get opportunities in the long term. Mm. Now, the problem is, though, that we have a short term and then we have a medium term before we get to the long term. Yeah. And, and I think we just touched base on our strategy right now. And, and again, we've been so, since we wrote the quarterly report two weeks ago, and uh, we had a, the number of other charts in there sort of showing how oversold the market was but now how fast things move, I'll just throw it back in the short term, we've actually had a, a bit of a move.
0: Yeah. I think that's the, I mean, that's the, the other thing too, is that the, the short, you know, week to week moves really since the summer have become, you know, violent up and down both ways. And I think the, you know, the, the concern too, on the equity side through, through this year was that at some point the expectation was earnings were going to start to really roll over. And then as interest rates have gone up, you know, there's an idea that well you should reprice those lower earnings at a lower level and the question was was the market priced properly for where earnings, you know, earnings were. And I think what's what's really interesting about you know certain segments of the market, but even throughout this year, there are so many businesses and sectors that have had very resilient earnings. So in the in in light of a slowing economy and slowing demand, you've had a lot of businesses doing you know, doing record numbers, which I think is, you know, a sort of an indicator of strength in and of itself. And that even in a weak market and in a weak economy, if you're operating your business to a degree that you can actually still be growing your profits, I think that's something to be, you know, highlighted. And I mean, the, the best part too, about interest rates resetting higher here is that valuations across the board now are at much more attractive levels. And so I think the you know it was uncomfortable at the end of last year because everything had risen so much and i think as an equity investor um or an investor in general it's really the only thing in you know i can think of where you know when prices go down people you know want to buy less and when prices are up people want to buy more it's the opposite of you know shopping on sale and when prices are down you want to be excited because you can buy things cheaper and i think that's kind of where we are right now but to the sort of more intermediate term i think the question is you know, still, you know, what path does policy take from here? How high do interest rates go? Um, You know, what level of of interest rates can the economy handle? I think, you know, one thing we haven't touched on yet is uh, we, we looked at it this week in the investment meeting, just with the current levels of debt, both in, let's just say Canada and the US, there's a certain point at which interest rates at this level will really start to bite. And, you know, I, I think that's something that has sort of been not really talked about by the central banks with their speed of rising interest rates. But that's a fact that's going to happen at some point, which probably puts a recession into next year, a very high likelihood. Um, but in in many ways, I think, you know, having cash still in the portfolio and being defensively positioned, it puts us in a position to take, take advantage of that. Um, and, you know, the equity market tends to bottom long before uh, the recession is, you know, is certainly over. And we haven't started it yet, but but maybe speak to that too of just saying, you know, past recessions, the market will bottom long before the economy bottoms. And as equity investors, you kind of have to be, you know, ready to go long before, you know, it's obvious that the recession is is over.
1: Right, right. so so maybe giving a, trying to give a definition of, of the different time periods. If, if I'll, and so when we're thinking about the stocks, it might be different than the way other people think about time. So if we're thinking about long-term, Here's a business we're looking at. We know we need to, we don't compound unless we own stocks. And when we're looking at a business, we're saying, hey, five years from now, is this going to be a a great business? Is this going to be a better business? And can they, can it grow from here? Mm -hmm. Even though we have all sorts of challenges and in previous conversations, we said there's all sorts of things we don't want to buy, but it's amazing how a number of businesses are doing just fine. Mm -hmm. So let's focus on the things that are doing fine and really thinking about this business out in a sort of a five-year time horizon. Talking about the short term, the bounce that we've just had, these are could be one week, could be three weeks moves. And then an, an awful lot happens, you know, from taking into interest, interest rates, currency moves, and then stock market moves, the oil price, all that can move in a very short period. And, and we really get some strong moves. Mm. Uh, and again, because there's well, all sorts of factors say so there's less liquidity in the market, so prices move more violently. And then what you're saying next is we're trying to say if you have a recession, it's looking out two quarters from now, we're gonna be talking first quarter, we're gonna be talking the second quarter next year, we're thinking about next summer, mm-hmm. Where's the, where are we gonna be? And even if we're in recession by next summer, the market might start to be looking through the recession. So that sort of gives a sense of the, the time horizon. And and I would just say that still the the conclusion we come to from the investment meeting is we still wanna be conservatively positioned, even though we had this reflexive up move from, from negativity, we haven't really solved any of the problems yet the big problems and the big problems might not be solved in for a while but the stock market starts discounting that they do get resolved and but right now we're we just feel like it's it's just going to take a, a bit more time and just to be patient but patient also means we can still capture dividends compound our stocks and just make sure we've got lots of flexibility and optionality in the portfolio that's like, boom, you get a move. You can take advantage of it. Yeah. So I'd come back to you just sort of saying, because I think there's a, a theme always when we're looking at these companies and, and you've done a lot of work just absolutely making sure, you know, that the, the fundamental idea to me is you, you're you not going to rely on the stock market for where your money's going to come from. There, there's there's certain businesses that we've really tried to, you know, frame the portfolio around.
0: Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that, um, you know, we've really thought about this year in terms of investment selection say for for new things that we found is that in in a you know our expectation is that let's just say we're in a prolonged period of uh of uncertainty with regards to the stock market and interest rates. And so essentially in that kind of environment you want to own companies that don't need financing either in the stock market or or by selling bonds because um the the financing environment is going to be uncertain. So essentially if you have companies who don't need any money and who actually are able to uh, generate excess cash flow, you know, a lower share price is actually a great time to be buying back stock because essentially what happens is, you know, for, for the, for us existing shareholders, you know, once we're through this and things get better, then we proportionately own more shares of a, of a good company. And so I think that's one thing that was really, um, you know, was really a focus of us. And it also speaks to, I mean, the companies I think that are doing the best right now are actually companies that have that characteristic where they're buying back stock, they don't need money from the stock market. Um, They're essential businesses or businesses that, you know, we would define as easy to understand um, and that have some kind of competitive advantage. Um, But even in a tougher economy, I think these kind of investments uh, sort of stand out. And it's really the ability to, if you can creatively be buying back your stock in a, a down market, Um, you know, that's the best way to kind of get through this period. It's the companies that needed the stock market to either sell equity or to finance themselves that then in this kind of market, you've kind of hit a wall. And so that's, that's really one thing. And, you know, speaking to the, um, you know, that kind of characteristic, I find what's interesting is there's been such a focus the last number of years on U.S. tech, you know, U.S. large cap stocks uh, and such a, such a significant, push into indexing that, you know, still all anyone can talk about is the Apples of the world, the Microsofts, the Googles, the Facebooks, you know, all those companies. Well, at the same time, there's all of these other businesses that are actually, you know, making new highs, essentially, you know, breaking out to new 52 week -week highs. I think
1: that's a great point. In our portfolio, we've actually got businesses, whether it's in the energy business or in healthcare, the stocks are, they are not in a bear market. They are hitting new highs today. And you just, you just can't get too negative because you don't know where, where performance is going to come
0: from. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like there's, you know, the headlines are rightly saying we're in a bear market, but certain segments of the market are already in a new bull market. But they're, they're more obscure. They're not mainstream, you know, being talked about in the financial press every day. And, and for us as investors, that's great because we think we've come along to, you know, a handful of businesses that other people, um, you know, don't appreciate yet. And then the better thing is that we're able to actually buy all of these at really reasonable prices too. So it's both a combination of um, you know want, wanting to continue to own those kind of companies, but the fact that they're um, doing so well relative to a much tougher market, I think that even that that signals you know certain strength going forward, and that's something definitely to be optimistic about um, with the, as it relates to the equity portfolio.
1: I think I want to hit just that one one idea that you. that that you touched on, which is, I think just essential to this is even if you had just a hypothetically three years where it looked like the portfolio on a dollar basis isn't going anywhere, just here's, here's a million dollars and a million dollars sits at a million dollars. And what's hard to see is that, and again, depending on the, the types of businesses you have, but if we have dividends coming in, we're reinvesting dividends or the company is buying back stock, there's, there's an awful lot of wealth creation that is happening that we, that We know is happening. You can't necessarily see from the from the overall portfolio value. Mm -hmm. But if if we're treading water for three years, if we, you know, just taking it down to one stock, if you have 100 shares of BCE, three years from now, you actually have 120 shares of BCE. Mm -hmm. And but it's just because the stocks are kind of sliding. But when the market turns around, you actually have an awful lot more stuff. You have an awful lot more value. Yeah. And you this again, why you actually have to keep doing it. And then you come really strongly out the other side because you built value as you've gone through a, a you know a slow market. Yeah,
0: it's it's sort of a it's one of the sort of silent ways of compounding is that when you own good companies, and if they're buying back their stock or you're buying more shares of them as you're going through this, you come out of it on the other side owning more shares of a good company, and that's kind of the idea where um, you know it, it, it's almost in a in a that kind of environment where you know, let's say multi-year muddling along for the overall index, there's lots of things under the hood that can still be reinvesting in their business, buying back shares. And so as investors, you know, if we're paying a reasonable price for those kind of companies, I think it's it's really exciting, you know, even though the backdrop remains tough and the headlines are tough um, and it it could, you know, continue like that for some time. But I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. And I think that's, that's really one of the core messages too, where you know, I think our messaging, I would say at the end of last year was far more negative because we were still up at a high on almost every asset class. And now that we're, you know, 10, 11 months later, you know, at much more attractive levels, I think for, from our perspective, we're far more optimistic than we've been in a long time. But I can understand why for people reading the news or watching TV, you know, it, watching financial TV, it doesn't feel like that. So that's yeah. kind of one of the main messages that we would, we would put out there. So why don't we wrap it up on that and then um, we'll get this out and uh, we'll look forward to the next uh, quarterly podcast in a couple couple months.